With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, special conference championship edition of the podcast, also special Halloween edition. Gordon and I are both in costume if you're not watching this live. Gordon, you want to explain your, your costume for those people who are not tuned in right now and want to get the full experience of the pod? Well... First of all, I don't think we need to start with me. We should start with you, man. You're what, what? What Ninja Turtle are you? I am Michelangelo, otherwise okay. known as the Orange Turtle. My family is going to be, as a collective, the Ninja Turtles. So there's five of us. Okay. So we have the four turtles. My six-month-old will be Master Splinter. We got a little robe, nice. like a little mouse robe. We don't have to paint his face or anything like that. He just has this mouse robe slash rat robe. And if you notice in the show, if you go back and watch, Splinter was always in a robe, so it sort of fits. So we'll bundle him up. He'll be there. We got the shells. We got actually we were two shells short, so we had to do an additional order. We got all the appropriate uh, weaponry. I don't think this mask is going to make it through the show. To be honest with you, Gordon, it's kind of riding up, and if we have to start reading results, it's going to be tough. But I got my shirt on. I got my shirt on and got a shell back back over over there too. So I never do Halloween. I decided last Halloween, made a promise to myself. Not only was I going to do it, I want to try to theme it with my family. So it's one thing that I followed through on this year. I'm proud of myself. And you get to do Halloween with me, man. That's that's the real win. You get to do a spook top spook a spooky podcast with me. So yes. Yes. Exactly. So, Why don't you talk while I take off this mask? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a honeycomb cookie for those who are big Squid Game fans. I don't know if you could be a fan of a show, but if you saw Squid Game, I am the cookie in game number two. It's in episode three. I wore this costume out Wednesday at a bar, and everyone didn't know who I was because they only watched like the first episode of Squid Game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Look at Travis already photoshopping me. 
into Squidward. <laughs> That's good work, Travis. Anyway, that was fast. So I got I got the the honeycomb cookie. I'm the umbrella with the main character is trying to cut out with his pin, which I made life size here for my face. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm wearing a silver jumpsuit because that's the tin. So I, I Why it was did a fun art project. Oh, because that's like the the hard one. So basically, the game is they have a honeycomb cookie, and you gotta cut it out with a pin, but it's really thick and it can easily crack. And if you accidentally crack off like the shape, not perfectly, you lose and they kill mm-hmm. you. Uh, spoiler: they kill you a lot of people. So. Yeah, it's fun. I got my little giant pin, aluminum foil, and I got my my face. I look like a like a sundial, like a like a. There's like those suns, like the sun, not sun. Is it the sun kiss logo? I'm not sure. There's like a famous mm-hmm. like the raisin logo. I'm not sure. I'm thinking. Yeah, with like a golden face. Okay, I but got, I'm a cookie. So I got an idea how to take it to the next level. Okay. You have JoJo follow you around the whole night with a blowtorch. Why a blowtorch? Because the lighter. They use the lighter, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you, you watch the show? That thing. Yeah, I watched a couple weeks ago. I just haven't told you because it was bothering you. So I wanted to keep it going. Yeah, you said you would. Went... So what'd you think? You like it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a good show. But I, I, think, I think you need to up. Someone could come up. Someone, if they find out your, they're really in tune with the show, find out your costume, they could be like trying to light you on fire. I just I want to warn or, you. Your costume is not or they without could peril. Do, or they could try to lick me. That's the real yes. winner. They could try to lick me. So, or the real loser. So be careful either way. I think there's danger afoot, Gordon. All right, should we go to the show? So we already got comments. Someone thought I was the high pre- priestess from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> W2F. What is Gordon wearing? Is Gordon dressed as Dalgana? I don't even know what Dalgana is. Is that a Character, I don't know. Yeah, I'm the Squid oh, no, Game. Yeah. Google. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's it. No, you're I mean, right. That Dalgana is the is the candy. So they. Oh, that's the type it. of candy. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I'm. I'm Dalgana. So, I thought that was like a anime character or something. I don't know. You anyway, didn't even know we're here to talk about running, right? That's the whole idea of this podcast, right? I'm here to be a hero in a half shell, and I've already accomplished that. But conference championships, NCAA's today. We're gonna be he- heavy on distance. Heavy on the NCAA scene. Next week, obviously, we'll dive back into our normal international flavor and touch on some New York City stuff and some track stuff, some track news. But uh, I'll let you kick it off, Gordon. Which conference do you want to begin with? So I think we should go alphabetical order of like the main conferences that went down today. And we'll start with ACC. It's A, top of the alphabet, ACC. It was the one race I was actually most interested in seeing what the results would be. Because we would, would we or wouldn't we see a full Notre Dame squad? And we did. We saw mm-hmm. the squad we thought we would saw, see all year long finally lace it up. They ran, and they ran extremely well. They had a very good uh, a spread. Their spread was only 33 seconds. They won easily. Now, the second-best team in the ACC is in a barn beater. Like You could argue the second-best ACC team is probably going to finish – like at best, like 15th. So they mm-hmm. should dominate the teams, which they did. 32 points to Syracuse's 84, Wake Forest 104. But I was just impressed by the tight pack, 33 seconds. Yer Nagus 
looked good being in the top five. And, uh, you know, it's okay that they weren't going to sweep this meet because when Adrian Wildershut's in this race, he's a NCAA title, individual title contender. You got to let him have his win. And they were able to pack up pretty well. 33 seconds spread. I looked up how they did at ACC's last year to see were they this dominant last year, less or more. And they are kind of very mm-hmm. similar, similar type of spread. So the team that ran at last year's ACC championships is running very similar to the team that ran at this year's. And we know what happened last year. They score like 60 plus 60 some points. So I think this basically officially takes away the question mark on Notre Dame. I think we now know who they are. They are who we thought they would be at preseason. They are one of the top contenders to dethrone NAM. That's, that's what I took from it. I like that you've talked about Notre Dame all year. You've critiqued them. Now you're praising them. But the praise comes when you're dressed as a cookie. And I just appreciate that that is how this information is going to be communicated to the rest of the cross-country world. There's going to be clips, you know, in a couple of days, once Halloween passes, to circulating you on Twitter saying that you believe in Notre Dame and they're, they're a threat for NAU and you're a cookie. So it should be in the hype video. It should be in there like, you never believe in this video on the Stephen A. Exactly. Smith with my cookie face. Yeah. Here, look at, look at Gordon Mack here. And with gold paint all over his face. What was it just a matter of just getting all the pieces there? Or did someone in particular impress you? Um, no, I think everyone was just like, Jacobs ran like Jacobs should. Nagus was there. Like Jacobs, Kilray, Nagus were together. That's really good, putting those three guys in the top five. Mm-hmm. Carm- Carmody, who wasn't part of their top seven last year, but ran well. Uh, Joe Piani slid in very well here as one of the top five runners. So that shows that they have the depth, that they have a new a new face into their top six, top seven, who can kind of be fresh blood for going into nationals because Carmody wasn't a part of that second place team. So having him there, Methner ran well. There were a few guys who ran well at NCAAs who didn't run well here at ACCs, but that's okay. They had six. They added a seventh with Carmody. So it's going to be okay if not all seven of them perform day in and day out. Yeah. But they have at least five, probably six. So uh, they're looking good. All right. Should we jump over to the women's side? Yeah, let's do it. Women's ACC championship. NC State gets it done, led by Kelsey Camille and Caitlin Tui going 1-2 in this race. But the depth was there as well. Steelman four, Hayes five, Bush eight. So just a complete dominant performance top to bottom here for, for the Wolfpack. Yeah, seeing the, the big thing here is we knew what NC State is. Seeing Steelman run in their top four, um, she it's not like she was right there with Tui and Camille, but still within the top five, right there with Vestry a few seconds back of her, beat someone like Bryn Brown, beat Nicole Vegans. So Steelman clearly is fit and healthy enough to be able to perform within the top five. And when he had her stick to like their performance at Nuttycomb, they win that meet running away. So NC State, they're the favorites. They throw in Steelman. There's that question mark is now gone. 
Dominic Claremont is someone that we thought might be an X factor for them. Didn't run well here, so it's not like they have her to kind of – they don't have an also wild card on her, but it's okay. They got enough. They got a, a solid group of five. They got a good interchangeable six and seven, so they are going to be the favorites. Going, I mean, they're going to be the favorites because it's kind of hard to, like, do anything different at conferences to really change someone's mind. But however, there was a performance on the women's side, which we'll get to later – that may want to that may convince me to change my mind on NC State, but I don't know yet. Maybe I'll figure this out in the next 20 minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes, and I'll decide if I really think NC State's is still the favorite. But they did what does they need the, to do. Does the gap concern you at all from five to six? No. What was their gap? Looking at the results. Well, it was I mean no, it was it was nine like, places. It was it was fifteen seconds about, but it was nine places. Yeah. That's nothing. That's fine. Okay. I mean, not everyone's going to have like three number fives, and it's okay. But, you know, I think it's fine. No, I'm not worried. Maybe I will be worried when we talk about the X factor that just kind of threw up, not threw up, just kind of was thrown into our face at another meet. But I'm not too worried. They still have three women who all in any given day can finish top 10. If you're putting three in the top 10, you're going to yeah. win the freaking meet. You got to. Like, I'm sorry. But if you're doing that, you're going to win the meet. So ACC title contender now with NC State and the women and then Notre Dame for the men. Big takeaway from, from that meet there. They're going to have two title contenders. Uh, anything farther down the list? Or do you want to, in terms of placings that jumped out at you, or do you want to move on to the next conference? Nothing really consequential. We can... Uh, Maybe I'll highlight at the end of the, the pod like a non-title contending team that kind of surprised me. They kind of like, hey, you went from like a 25 team to maybe a top 10 or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, let's go on to the next one. I think, well, I'll just say, you know, North Carolina continues to, to impress with their young, with their young group here. One, one yeah. senior in that first five and the rest are freshmen. Pretty, pretty impressive. But, we move on alphabetically. Where do we go next? That was A. So here's the question. So there's two B conferences. You have the Big 12 and you have the Big 10. Mm. What alphabetically is number is first in that? Is it Big 10 with the T and then that comes after Big 12 with the 1 or that comes before? Wait, does the numbers come before letters? I don't know how that works. And even if that does work, is it Big 10 1 0 or is it Big 10 with a T? Because if it's 1-0, oh, yeah. then it'll go Big 10, Big 12. But if it's with a T, maybe it's Big 10, Big maybe it's Big 12, Big 10. I don't know. Yeah, you made something confusing, even more confusing. There. Let's go with the Big 10 first, T-E-N. Boom. As opposed to T-W-E for the Big 12. So Big 10, Wisconsin men get the victory. Another title for the Badgers, Bob Liking and Olin Hacker go 1-2. And Wisconsin really packed it in in the top Ten, they went seven, eight, nine, and ten. Gordon to get the easy victory. Another one for Mick Byrne, the Badgers. Couple things. First of all, Bob Liking slowly Still becoming a top a, a top ten name in NCAA right now. Like I'm liking the Bob Liking name. Like it, let's just be honest. That's a great. That's a great name, Bob Liking. Okay, got that out of the way. Second, his win is over a bunch of a very impressive runners. 
Yeah. Obviously, you have his teammate group. Olin Hacker, but Morgan Beetlescum, he's like a 13 20 guy. Uh, Alec Baston, he's quick. Uh, Jonathan Davis, he, he's good. He's, he's like a 753K guy. So winning this race is like pretty impressive. And I think Bob Liking might be like a top 10 individual. Maybe. I don't, I, I'm not willing to put him in the Mance, Kip 2's, Nico Young world, but yeah. like he's only a freshman. I think Bob Liking is going to be a name we're going to be si- saying very often in the next three to four years because uh, winning this race is over some good guys. And that team, 27 points, a lot of, lot of younger guys on that team. And some of their better mm-hmm. guys too. Also, like someone like uh, Char- is it Charlie Wheeler or just a – Charlie in the Wisconsin team, I forget his last name. Can you click on the Wisconsin uh, name, uh, Travis? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Charlie Wheeler. He's like he's like a 1345K runner, and he was like last on their team. So they have the depth. Mm-hmm. Jackson Sharp is good. Uwab uh, Alijabali. Shweb. Did I get that one right? Shweb. Shweb Alijabali. He... Ran well at like USATF juniors. So Evan Bishop, freshman, Rowan Ellenberg, freshman. So they're they're going to be good. Uh, Wisconsin's back. I think um, they're going to finish top ten this year, and, and then you know next two years they're going to be start being a podium team, and then potentially maybe in twenty twenty three four they're looking to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean they've always done really well at this meet if you look at historically how many big 10 titles they have it's it's a preposterously high number but you know having the even though their team wasn't in contention over the past several years they still had superstars in mcdonald and oliver Hoare, which probably helped yeah. with recruiting and just the program is always in the news and on the women's side too having having alicia monson out there just gave a recognizable face to people and i'm sure that was a magnet for for top recruits to to want to come to to Madison. How about on the women's side of things, Gordon? What was the big takeaway for the women at the Big Ten meet? Big takeaway from the women's side was high scoring, right? Because there's basically no true number one team. I felt like they're kind of just a hodgepodge of Michigan, Minnesota, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Um, you just look at the top 25 list and you just see – you don't see really a dominant team here or there. And Megan Haas got the win. Bethany Haas, her twin sister, I think, won this race a few years ago. So both the sisters now have a win. Um, there's some good runners in here, right? Vanderland is good. Magnus is good. Um, they, But I think, I think on the women's side, just the Big Ten's kind of a little bit down. We did have the surprise Michigan State do what they did last year. No one saw that coming. Yeah. Um, but I think it is what it was. It was a surprise. And I would be surprised if one of these teams finds a way to podium. Um, Minnesota is the best of the group. And Minnesota likely will finish, I think, in the 5 to 10 range. But mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard to crack the podium after what we saw from some of the top teams. But we could see just, you know, a hodgepodge of Big Ten schools in like the 7 to 25 range with Minnesota kind of leading the charge. Mm-hmm. Making Haas getting it done there by a second. One note, Michigan women, their finish here 
they're going to need some help in their regional because they're not going to have a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So, because they chose not to run at Nuttycomb or Prenats. And now they have no wins over the Minnesotas, Wisconsin's, Michigan states of this world. Um, their win over Indiana and Illinois, that, that helps a bit, but you got to think Michigan was kind of hoping because they were in that. They were in there to get at least second here to get a couple sure. decent Big Ten wins. But so Michigan's well, going to they... be a bubble team to watch at NCAAs. Region. They're on the wrong side of this group. So they get fourth and they beat fifth by 70 points. But Michigan State beat is third, three points ahead of them. Wisconsin is second, seven points ahead of them. And Minnesota wins the thing, 13 points ahead yeah. of them. So they were very close to picking up a bunch of key wins and actually contending for the for the title here. But instead, they finished back there in, in fourth in that big gulf between themselves and Indiana. Have to sweat it out. Have to sweat it out if you are the Wolverines. How about we go to the Big 12 now, Gordon? The Big 12 um, had a good Iowa State, Oklahoma State battle there. Yeah, this was like a dual meet on both the men's and women's side. And it was a very close dual meet like throughout every split. So we'll start the women. Uh, it was basically Iowa State, Oklahoma State, neck and neck. Throughout, well, first talk individually, uh, Celia McCabe, she ran well after winning Nuttycomb, goes here, wins Big 12s, kind of doubling down on her establishment in the NCAA as being like, hey, I may be a new face, I may be a new name, but I'm finishing top 10 at NCAAs. Sorry, like I'm, I'm now, I'm now here. And so I think, I think McCabe's going to probably finish at least probably. I wouldn't be surprised if she's top five now. I mean, she's just, her wins are just growing. But you look again at this score on the, put up on the screen, Oklahoma State 35, Iowa State 36. You can't get any closer than that. Um, they were, it's like a dual meet, right? It was just Iowa mm-hmm. State, then Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma State, then Iowa State, then Oklahoma yeah. State, then Iowa State. You know, it's back and forth. Um, so I, I was talking to, uh, Dave Smith, Oklahoma State head coach, about this women's team. He knows that, you know, there's a big four right now on the women's side with New Mexico, Colorado, BYU, and NC State. But mm-hmm. I think he, he, he said basically if one of those four teams falters, now maybe not NC State because if they falter, they'll probably still finish fourth. But if one of those teams falters and has a bad day, he thinks their team is in – in position to kind of steal that fourth place spot. Kind of similar how Michigan State stole a podium spot, right? Teams faltered and Michigan State was just like there and boom, they got it. So Oklahoma State women are going to be that team to maybe potentially steal a podium spot. Back it up with a good win over Iowa State. Iowa State's a a good team. Uh, They had some good transfers come in. Uh, I had Iowa State as a top 20 team, uh, but... Oklahoma State had ranked 11th going into this meet, so they're probably going to stay established in that top 10 range. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was that on the women's side. It was Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Both those teams, pretty good. They should both make the, the NCAA championship meet. On the men's side, now this mm-hmm. was crazy. <laughs> so, apparently it was very windy out there, according to Johanna Gretzel, who was actually at the meet. I think she's sitting mm-hmm. in an airport watching this podcast as we do this because they 
They were, she was in Stillwater coming home tonight. But uh, it was a battle between Kip 2 and Rodriguez. Kip 2, Rodriguez kind of were together in the first two or three K. But then Kip 2 was like, I'm going. Rodriguez, I'm not sure if he's let him go or not, but he let him go and kind of stayed back and kind of focused on winning the team battle. In the end, mm-hmm. it was worth it to not go with Kip 2 too crazy and then falter and be a fifth-place finisher when he should be at least at worst second. Um, but they packed up well, and they packed up well against a good Iowa State team. Iowa State, they won Nuttycomb. Oklahoma State, they they ran very well. They they went 2, 3, 4, 6, 9, and then they're 6 and 7 or 14 and 17. Iowa State also ran extremely well. They went 1, 5, 7, 8, 10. In fact, this was basically a, a tri-meet where because basically the entire 12-21 yeah. was all Texas and Iowa State and Oklahoma State. So Texas was there ha- hanging out in the top 21 as well, but you didn't see any Kansas State, Kansas, Texas Techs out there. It was, just, it was a lot of gold and uh, yellow maroon. Red? Maroon? Uh, I don't know what color Iowa State is. Maroon. That's a maroon it's, it's a maroon. I think it's a maroon. maroon. I think that's fair. Yeah, first non Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, what, 20th? 22nd. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's cool that there's this battle, though, between these two schools that have been evenly matched over the last couple of years. And you have the two individuals up there that make it fun, even though Kip 2 is getting the, 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 the better of Rodriguez. Yeah. And Oklahoma State, they did not run pre nat or Nuttycomb. I did get a text from a Big 12 coach, not named Dave Smith. So from a non-Oklahoma State coach, and that coach said Oklahoma State's going to win. It's going to win NCAAs. I won't say who it was, but they saw what they did. That coach was very impressed with what Oklahoma State did against a good Iowa State team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had them ranked in our top four, so we we yeah. already know they're going to be a, a podium contender. It's going to be hard to dethrone, I think, NAU, but. More and more now, you see they have the bodies that Shea yeah, Foster kind of returned. They yeah. they have they don't really have many holes. They don't look mm-hmm. like there's a cliff after five, which is going to be important because they're going to need as many bullets as possible to go up against someone like NAU. Oklahoma State, we know they're going to have a good one stick, right? They're going to one six going to be top five, top ten. The question is, will their two three be finishing top twenty? Or their two three be finishing top thirty, and I think that's going to be the difference. It, it seem, doesn't seem big, like was that just ten spots? But I think the way Oklahoma State will win this meet is they need their two three to be in the top twenty and not in the top thirty. Top thirty is still incredible, right? Like I'm yeah. sure they would be like, I ran well if I ran top thirty. But they want to win the meet. They need their two three to be in the top twenty, and then their four five to be top forty. Right? Obviously, everyone needs their fifth to basically be fortieth in order to win this meet. And they have, they got a lot of experience. Ryan Smeaton, I think he's like a sixth or seventh year senior. I'm not sure. Maybe he's a seventh year. I think he's a seventh year. <laughs> he's got that BYU energy. Yeah, I think he's like a seventh year senior because of COVID and red shirt, sixth year, all that stuff. He's got experience. Uh, he's got experience. He's got the experience. Sure. Yeah, he's you know. a good runner. And and then they got the freshmen and sophomores in there too who have been, been running really well for them and have – Obviously, you have that good upside as well, too. And then you have the transfer in Foster, who's competed at a really high level. Yeah, there's a lot to like. 
there's a lot to like if you're Oklahoma State. I think they've been a bit – I don't want to use this – say they've been under the radar because you've ranked them really high before too, but missing out on that big meet weekend probably maybe slipped them out of people's minds, at least some people. Did get a comment? I was actually thinking this. I was going to bring it up, but Zeloti Orzel talked about when BYU joins this conference in two years, it's going to be nuts, right? Oh, it's going to be great. Imagine great. this meet with BYU in the results. It's like yeah. it'll be insane. And then track Connor Manson Houston, there. It'll be crazy. And track obviously going to have Houston. So, I mean, you take out Texas, right? But you add in BYU. BYU is definitely better than Texas at cross country. So. Yeah, the, be, distance, uh, the distance gets way stronger. It'll be fun. Um, okay, so do we go Big Sky, Big East? If we're going alphabetical, I think we already went out of order, but what do you want to go to next with the Bs? With the Bs? Uh, we can do a, we'll, we'll do a quick overview of One Big East. One of my swords East. fell. Sorry. <laughs> Your Donatello sword. Um, Big East is a kind of – it's, it's Big East, sword. I feel like, is a bit – Big East, I feel like, is a bit down this year. Um, and you can kind of tell by just seeing that there w- truly isn't, like, a dominant team. Georgetown, Villanova, Butler are all in the mix. Providence runs well. But I feel like this is kind of a down year for both on the men's and women's side. Um, Maggie Donahue wins on the women's side from Georgetown. Uh, Lydia Oliver gets second. Angelina Ellis gets third for Butler. But... Yeah, the, I, I thought pro, the thing I took away from this, I thought Providence women would run better. They did not. I feel like they got third in this meet. What place did they finish? Fifth. Fifth. They finished fifth. Okay. Yeah, Georgetown, yeah. Butler, Connecticut, Villanova, Providence on the women's side. And then the men, it was Butler getting the dub. Ahead of yeah, Georgetown here I, I, Georgetown is the best team, but, you know, their spread, the women's spread for Georgetown was a minute 47. Yeah. Now, now that could be because obviously they had a good individual up front, so that makes their spread bigger. But at the same time, you know, if your fifth is almost two minutes behind you, it's going to be hard to do well at the NCAA level. But uh, mm-hmm. hey, you can do well at the Big East level, as you see Georgetown won that that race um, individually. Check out the full replay on Flow Track. Also, some highlights of it on our YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited for Big East track. Because I feel like the Milers will show up and then we see some good DMR action, which will be exciting. Butler, men won. Simon Bedard ran well. Barry Keen got, was the second runner for Butler. They, they lost one of their top five guys. I forget his name, which would put Butler maybe more on the surprise potential podium team. Because mm-hmm. if you added their... I forget who the runner was. I, I should have looked up. But... They are really good through four, right? You see, they went one, three, five, nine, and then there's a drop off to 17. But if they had that guy, forget his name, he's international, they throw him in there, then they would have a really strong five and be able to compete with the best. But, you know, we kind of have a little bit of parity here between Butler, Georgetown, and Villanova. Um, Villanova, more milers, right? They're a mile U, some the DMRU, Villanova. You got the great track action mm-hmm. from them. But yep. Butler, I think Butler comes out of this, I feel like, on top and comes out of this like saying, Hey, we may not be we may not be the best, but we're better than what you thought. 
which is a good thing, right? We may not be the best, but we're better than we thought. <laughs> and so that's – I think Butler can make the NCAA meet, maybe finish top 20. All right, let's go Big Sky. Big Sky, uh, on the women's side, NAU women win over Weber State, uh, which it's good for NAU. They get another quality win over a good Weber State team. Um, we talk about this on the NCAA cross-country show. The mountain region is going to be insane. I think eight women's teams are going to come out of that region. So mm-hmm. this is helpful for Northern Arizona to get a little bit of a extra tiebreaker point over Weber State because they're also in the mountain. Um, but I think it doesn't really matter. In the end, I think eight women's teams are going to come out of this. Taryn O'Neill wins Big Sky individually. Um, want to say uh, team name. I love the team. Built, uh, Weber State got a good one-two punch in team names. Mm-hmm. Billy Hatch and Summer Allen. I really like Summer Allen. Good team. Okay. Good, good, good uh, runner names. Uh, men's. Okay. So Northern Arizona, they won. Uh, we're not going to have a crazy situation where what the, the team loses uh, is tanking their, their conference meet. Uh, write up a big 10-page op-ed on it. Um, no. However, Northern yeah, Arizona did, did, did take a risk. They chose to sit their fifth, sixth, and seventh runners. So basically, they knew they would have four good guys, and they were kind of like, all right, one of our guys from the, from the B squad is going to be our fifth man. In this case, it was true freshman Tristan Menchart, Merch, Merchant. Uh, Tristan Merchant. Maybe he's not a true freshman. Mm-hmm. I think He's from Alaska. Uh, he turned out to be the fifth man, finished in 15th place. Uh, so the spread is kind of misleading because there's no Ryan Raft. There's no Theo Quacks. There's no Brody Hasty. But I think that's on purpose because I think Coach Smith is recognizing, hey, Raff and Theo Quacks both finished 150th at Nationals when it was called upon them to step up. Brody Hasty, he, I think he's been banged up because he wasn't even in the A squad for pre-nets. I think Coach is like, all right, you three, you are my prize jewels. I need to make sure one of you becomes a diamond in November, so I'm going to stash you away. I'm going to put mm-hmm. you in a little black box, and I'm going to squeeze you to death until you become a diamond in November. So I think that's the strategy for NAU. Uh, but Drew Bosley winning over Nico Young. Bosley, we think of Abdi Hamaner and Nico as like the big one-two punch, but there could be a situation when I, – I, I really do think those three are going to all be together, and they're all going to finish top – seven i think they'll put three in the top seven um the question is where would george who should finish and then obviously the potential five six seven guys in raff and quacks yeah it's hard to get much out of this but the only cause for concern i would have would be kusha because he's 20 seconds back of nur and i would think that going as a miler going from 8k to 10k would cause even more of a gap to form between him and everyone else. I mean, he's run well at the NCAA championships before, but really where he's shined is in those Big Ten conference championships. Like he won the one last year. He's finished in the in the top uh, three before as well too. But his highest, I mean, he was 55th in 2018 at Nationals in – 2019, he was 165th. Obviously, he wasn't in it last year, but 
Going from eight to ten is well, he top. was in it last year. He finished like two hundredth last year. Really? It's not for Nebraska? Yeah. Maybe it's it was DNF. Doesn't even show up no, here he on his, his profile page. It says he won Big Tens and then it goes on to indoor season. So no, keep going. On. It's through indoor. Keep going past indoor. Keep looking oh, at it. Oh, that's him. right. Oh, yes. Yes. I got tricked. <laughs> what was going on last year where there was indoor overlapping with cross country? What what did I completely erase from my memory? Okay, 229. So wasn't a factor. So his, his highest place is in the 50s, right? So his, you could say his yeah. best races have come in conference meets where it's 8K. So that would be a cause for concern for me. But it's tough to worry too much about them when they held out that many guys and still ran well. Yeah. So, yeah, NAU, still the favorites in my opinion. But I do feel like NAU has more weaknesses than NC State on the women's side. That's my, that's okay. my take right now. Next up. Let's go to the Pac-12. No, Mountain West. Mountain West. Mountain West, so, Pac-12, SEC, West Coast. And then we'll be it. Four more. We can do this. It's a great pod. People will enjoy looking at your T-shirt and my golden face. Right, let me show the notes. For those who want to know, I got my, my Halloween makeup at Spirit Halloween. Right. Um, I'm trying to take advantage of these sophisticated nunchucks. Just incredibly. I'm glad I paid so much money for these. So if you want to do this at home, I got, I got the, I got the styrofoam at Hobby Lobby and I just bought the gold paper. This is a Sharpie. This is aluminum foil. I got this jumpsuit at Home Depot and that's it. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about Mountain West. So. Men, we don't really, I don't even want to kind of talk about the men. Men race was kind of a non-factor. I really just want to focus on this women's race. New Mexico did something incredible. They they went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they perfect scored. They perfect scored with their eighth runner being Ava Cohen, who preseason we had projected as their number one runner. Yeah. Not only... they, they, so they perfect score with not even like a runner who's like you know one you think would be at least one of their top seven. Their spread of their top five was eight seconds. And I get it, like it's not like they're a perfect score. It's the Mountain West. It's not the Pac-12 or Big Ten. But like Utah State and Colorado State are good teams. Yeah, they're not top ten teams. They're more like like top twenty-five ish teams. Mm-hmm. And like, so it makes sense that they're going to score like you know twenty to thirty points, but perfect scoring with that deep of a pack, you know, I don't know, man. It just, I know this. This is the thing. New Mexico is going to be if they win, it will be an outlier win, and the reason why it's going to be an outlier win. You never have an NCAA champion team win with no number one stick, like a true number one stick that finishes in the top five, top ten. Uh, I know you looked at the, the history of that. Has there, there has there ever been an NCAA championship team that won without a finisher in the top ten? I went back and looked 
going back from when they started the traditional field, right? So uh, 2000, right? Where, where, where you had 31 teams, basically, just before the year 2000. Uh, the lowest placing number one runner. I need to update this. Was eighth. No, excuse me, 10th in 1998. So I looked from 19, this is from 1998 all the way through 2018. So I need to update it for 19 and then 20, but we can probably do that right now. Um, nobody's finished outside of the top 10. And that was the first year Villanova. And Villanova went 10, 11, 15, 18, 52. So if we look at. And so, yeah. Louisa? Oh, I was just going to say, if you look at the recent results, right? 20, 2019 was Arkansas. And of course, they had Izzo and Warner up there. And then last year was BYU. I'm just looking at the women's side. And how high up was their first finisher? Don't even remember. I know Orton went back, but I don't remember. Was Anna Camp way up there? No, Anna Camp, Camp was. Nine. So they had nine. Nine. Now that's scoring not I think that's scoring nine. So oh, point okay. being though, point being you basically you need a single digit first runner using now tw you know twenty three years or twenty three championships worth, you need a single digit first runner. I I've talked to Joe Franklin about this, head coach of New Mexico. He knows that is a, is a factor, right? He knows his team is different from a typical championship caliber team, but he also mm -hmm. loves what he has, right? He has a plethora of bodies and like, they're all interchangeable. He's not counting on one person where if that person fails, it's all over. Like he can have, yeah. there, there's not a single, like his number two runner can fail and it's gonna be fine because their number two runners are replaceable with their number three. You know? Yeah. Typically people are like, oh, our number five runner needs to show up. Or like what like, but for him, like five is interchangeable with six, three is interchangeable with four, one's interchangeable with two, seven, and six, all that. Um, and they had a spread of eight seconds. They dominated the win. They're looking good. We know that that's the thing. So here's the thing about New Mexico. NC State, you know, you talked about there's a little bit of a drop-off between five and six. Uh, mm -hmm. BYU kind of also has a little bit of a drop-off between five and six. New Mexico has, like, no drop-off, right? They're the same. He's like a body of three as their fifth runner. Um, so that's the thing where if chaos happens and New Mexico is just chilling, packing up, running all in the, in the, in the 15 to 35 range, yeah, and it's like it just happens to be a weird year, New Mexico can win. And so I, this was like the biggest surprising result is seeing them just perfect score meet that's never happened before. I think I lost Kevin. But, Kevin's got to refresh. So anyway, I'm going to text Kevin to refresh. So we'll go on to the next one. Um, but yeah, New Mexico, like I said, they are... They are a wild, a wild card team. If, if you could come up with the word wild card any clearer, it is New Mexico. Um, they had their number one runner at pre-nets, I think with Stephanie Parsons. She was the number seven runner here. Their number one runner at 
preseason was the number eight runner here. It's just like, it's just wild. Anyway, welcome back, Kevin. Gordon, I'm back. Okay, so uh, I cut out when you're talking about the ACC. So can you just start from there? It was over. All right. Back in the day. uh, I looked it up. So BYU finished outside of the top 10, but camp scored nine. And those are the scores that I'm talking about. So BYU continued the trend. So you could go now 23 seasons and the highest scoring first place runner is 10. I think they're obviously they they would need to have a massive day to do that. Now, if you're saying that they're a package deal, are they a 20s team or a 30s team? Because that makes all the difference in the world. Or 40s team. Yeah, I think they're a 20s team. I think they're gonna be like. There you go. It's right when you got off. I said they're gonna be a 15 to 35. So also, you keep saying that. They got a perfect score, but they did better than a perfect score. Because perfect score is 15 and 5. There needs to be another name in cross-country when you put your whole squad, 1 through 7, out there. And how do you think it's a weird position for Adva Cohen? She's like, hey, I got 11th in the race. Oh, what were you on your team? Oh, 8th? I don't even exist in the results. 8th. 8th, yeah, exactly. My number did not count at all. I think they're in a good spot. Because this is not just been a a one-time thing. Yeah. How do we... How do we feel about them, you know, in a... I mean, they got a lot of freshmen, though. But freshmen aren't the same as as they used to be just because they've had a little bit more experience. I want to see it. I want to see the contrast here. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, the thing is here, we have them right now ranked fourth. The three teams that have ranked ahead of them, NC State, Colorado, and BYU... All three of those teams won their conference. You know, NC State had a spread of 29 seconds. Colorado and BYU had a spread of 39 seconds. Uh, so they, they kind of gave us a hard – it's hard – It's it, it seems impossible to say that New Mexico shouldn't go up, but it also seems impossible to say why Colorado, BYU, and NC State should move down, right? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll figure it out when we release the rankings on Monday. Uh, I think New Mexico might go up because – I mean, what do you want? What else do I want from them, right? I mean, a spread of eight seconds, perfect score, top seven. It's like, come on. So, anyway, right. looks like JoJo from uh, the airport. Her flight was delayed. <laughs> she commented on the uh, YouTube channel, LOL. Mm. I think JoJo can give us more than an LOL. And yeah, I don't know, something. Come on, it's probably about the costume. Check- should I try to keep this entire outfit on when I go pick her up from the airport? Yes. At like 8 yeah, o'clock today? Yeah, that's mandatory. Walk around okay. in it until someone recognizes you. Not as Gordon, but as the cookie from Squid Game. That's what I think you should yeah. do. And then the moment well, you I'm hosting, the a, I'm hosting a party tomorrow, but I want to like also like go out to the bars and let everyone like see and like take a photo. Yeah. And that's, I think they'll want to do that, Gordon. I think they want to see you. You know, I, I feel like... Walk through. Walk through the terminal. We should park have park your car in short-term parking, and then just start walking through the baggage claim, so people can see you. It's a good place to be seen. I feel like we Not should have people hang four... out at the airport. I feel like we should have four Halloweens a year. What do you? Think? All right, let's keep moving. Yeah, that's great. Let's keep going. Uh, what's that? What's okay. next? We did. Uh, let's do SEC. Pack... Okay, SEC, Pac-12, and then West Coast. Yeah, so SEC. Um, start the women's side. This is kind of uh, we were waiting and seeing on Alabama. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this kind of crosses Alabama off the list of potential NCAA championship teams. Hold on. Alabama has the best four in the nation, right? Chilang got a C. Cole, um, tied in this. I shouldn't say these, these women's names because I'm really bad at it. Um, they have really four really good Tanisma and uh, Katai. Mm-hmm. They're very good through four, but they just don't have a fifth fifth runner. Their spread was two minutes, over two minutes. Uh, Jami Reed was a DNF. She would have been there five, but she just like was with them through like two or three K and then slowly just fell off till eventually DNF'd. And so Arkansas took advantage of Alabama's lack of a fifth runner. Arkansas won. Arkansas is a top 10 team, so it makes sense that a team that takes advantage of it. Ole Miss is a good team as well. They're also a top 10 team. But the story here is really Alabama women. They, you, This was the year. that They have four women. When they added that Juco transfer to Marcy Chilanga, to Esther Katai, to, you know, you thought, like, this is it, but they still have a fifth. Now, maybe so Jamie Reed on. is going to come out of nowhere yeah. and find a way to run out of her mind and finish 60th at Nationals, and then they win the National Championship. But I don't know. I'm just not betting on someone finding a way to get 60th at Nationals because that's what they need. They need their fifth round to be 60th at Nationals, and they'll win the National Championship. Is she – I'm looking at her page. I don't see any other results from this year. So this was the first one? Yeah. This was her the debut. First one. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I could see why you're not that confident that – she could do it. So who? But who was the, who served the role as fifth runner in their previous meets? Where was that person? I mean, still so far back. I mean, the thing is, it's like Alabama was always projected back. as a good. But Alabama wasn't back. winning meets. They were always projected as a good team because we knew when they run all five together, they're going to be like a scary team, and they have such a good top four that their fifth doesn't need to like. NC State, Colorado, BYU, New Mexico, all of their fifth runners need to be like top 30, top 40. But for Alabama, their fifth runner needs to be top, only needs to be like top 60, maybe even top 70, and they could win because of how good their top four are. Um, it's just a bummer. Yet, I mean, hey, maybe they could find a way to do international rules and you only score through four, and then they'll win the, nat- they'll win the meet. But it's college rules. You score through five. They don't have a fifth. Uh, if they can find a fifth in a, like three weeks, maybe they're going to do it. But I mm. think that's all she wrote for Alabama. I mean, maybe they find a way to still get fourth, but their championship yeah. odds just went down dramatically because they don't have a fifth. I still believe. I still believe. You got Mercy Chilangat out there. Anything is possible. Wins by nine seconds, too. Dominant win. Dominant win for her. Should we go to the men's race? Arkansas. Gets the win there, forty to fifty nine. A roll miss. Yeah, and uh, I've I've said Arkansas is the team that can challenge NAU the most because of their track speed, and I was kind of surprised about the results of this race. You know, Jacob McLeod and not seeing there be their number two runner here. You know, mm-hmm. some of the other East African guys didn't run as well, um, and I think. I'm not sure what the conditions were like, but the the race became like a sprint at the end. Like they were the whole pack was together through the first like five or six K. And then the final one K, everyone was like, all right, we're running now. Uh so that might have messed with the placing. 
But if we bring up Arkansas's click, Travis, if you click mm-hmm. on Arkansas's uh, roster there, um, Ed, Andrew Cabet, Emmanuel Chebison, and Gilbert Boyd, like that was their two, three, four at all the other meets behind Kemboy. And in this situation, they were the four, five, and six. So mm-hmm. I guess it's a good sign for someone like Miles Richter and Jacob McLeod to say, hey, you have them in there. Now they're, you know, you could say they're six deep. They're definitely six deep. But you would have expected Chebison and Boyd and Kibet to run better than they did. However, their spread was still good, right? 20-some second spread, 21-second spread. Their fourth runner was 11th in the race. That's pretty damn good. Their fifth runner was right behind them. Um, I still like, I'm still buying some Arkansas stock. I think <laughs> because the, I, I, just, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. However, I think I need to maybe split my stock shares and put a little more in, onto Oklahoma State. So, ah, I think. Hedging a bit. I think I know it's either I think I know one of the three I think I'm gonna say it. The national championship team in November will be either Northern Arizona, Arkansas, or Oklahoma State. I've eliminated said- BYU. I've eliminated Colorado. I've eliminated Notre Dame. You just said Notre Dame was be, back 30 minutes ago. They are back. But, like, I got to make a prediction. And I think Notre Dame's okay with the prediction being they don't want some guy wearing a clown costume like I am picking them to win a national title. So, if anything, it's a compliment. And I'm wrong a lot. So, hey, All right. it's okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't decide who wins. I just You just said you had it, no right? worries now about Notre Dame. And then I don't. We I have talk no about worries. a couple more conferences and then you're back. Hey, well, that was implied we, that you thought that they were as good as they were at the beginning of the year, which was title contender. Yeah, actually, Jump preseason ranked them. Why well, preseason ranked Notre Dame one, and then when they well, started like messing with the right... Hey, it's well, hard to predict no cross country. No, it makes a lot of sense. I nobody asked you to predict right now. We're talking about conference. I'm... You don't need to predict right now. You're bringing this on yourself. I'm big on Arkansas. I'm big on Oklahoma State. I'm back on the Notre Dame train. I still believe NAU is the best team. How are you back if on I had the a train pick when wh- you said they, they're not top four, man? You just you had them as national champions, don't have them in the top four, and you're like, I'm back. Wake up the echoes in South Bend. I'm sticking. Arkansas, Oklahoma State, or NAU are winning the national title. That doesn't mean Notre Dame can't get second. That that my that statement allows Notre Dame to get. So you're down to three teams. You're down to three teams to win. I'm down to three teams to win. I'm down to like eight teams to podium. Gotcha. Okay. Let's keep moving. Pac-12. Go. All right. Uh, speaking of Pac-12 and a team that I eliminated on the men's side just recently, just now in the past moment, is Colorado men. Even though they ran extremely well at Pac-12s, 39 points. Against a good field, like Stanford has some good guys in there. You know, they're Hicks, Robinson, and Sprout, three studs. Obviously, Oregon has their two guys in Tier and Benenfeld. But Colorado, man, they they packed it up. Edward Herrera was in the top three. And then it's just a bunch of new names. Like, mm-hmm. Kevin, have you ever heard yes. 
Austin Vansell, Andrew Kent, or Brandon Frazier, or Charlie Sweeney? Like, of those four, have you heard of any of them? I've heard of Charlie Sweeney. He's a D2 transfer. He ran well at D2. But Brandon Frazier, I'd never heard of. Austin Vansell, I might have seen once. Andrew Kent, maybe. But, like, Wetmore is just taking new guys and turning them into legit D1 studs. And it's incredible, right? Like, the fact that you can look at Colorado's roster and look down and be like, oh, I don't know. They, they seem, this seems like a down year for them. I, I don't recognize it. Obviously, they have Herrera. He's good. But, like, yeah. do I believe in a guy named Austin Vansell or Andrew Kent? But then, two months later, you're like, oh, that makes sense. They're being coached by yeah. Mark Wetmore. They're going to go from nobodies to somebodies in, you know, three races. So, I'm impressed about- with what Colorado's doing. Very Hicks, impressive. man, though. Let's talk about the individual race, though, with Hicks. Okay. Beaten tier by 10 seconds. Hicks is solid. Yeah, he keeps so giving I, us reasons to believe in him. Yeah, the, remember that one time I uh, thought he was American? It happens all Hicks? the time on this show. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, Charles Hicks? He's a low-key Olympic trials guy. And I was like, oh, he's not American. I'm really bad at that. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Um, so here's a question. Is this Hicks... Being a stud and being like taking it to what we would consider the best distance runner in the NCAA and Cooper Tier? Yeah. Or is this Cooper Tier having a bad day? This conference is pretty deep. So if you have a bad day, I think you're going to fall a little bit farther than that. I think it's a combination of the two things. I think Tier coming after his excellent track season, it's getting things going a little later but hicks has been consistent now we keep bringing this guy his name keeps coming up over and over and over again i, I just like the way he closed i thought it was really impressive you get he went to college you went to high school in in the united states so you get partial credit it's not your worst uh call here let's like look at hicks's year like he got second at, at fsu and third at nuttycomb so the only people he's lost to he lost to wild shot at fsu and then at Nuttycomb, he lost to Kip 2 and Tier. So he's avenged one of those losses. So the only person he hasn't beat out of these three meets has been Wild Shut and Wesley Kip 2. Yeah. I mean, Hicks is going to finish top seven. I was going to say top 10, but now that he just beat Cooper Tier, I have to be, I have to give more credit to it. So I said top seven. Maybe it's one of those things where you just need Hicks to do it at the NCAA level for you to kind of buy in, right? That's how it normally works. Yeah, it's got to happen at a bigger, yeah, bigger stage for sure. But, I mean, tier, I'm not counting tier out by any stretch of imagination. It's just conference. We've seen so much change from conference to nationals. Not going to get... Okay, too concerned about that. Women's side of things, Colorado rolls, Jordan, to a title. You said, hey, this might be something to watch here. Colorado, maybe. Maybe they get upset. Did not happen. So Colorado looks good here um, through four, right? Only 25-second mm-hmm. gap between the four. But the, 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 you have a little bit of a, a bigger gap uh, through five. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. As I just said on the men's side, Mark Wetmore knows what he's doing. I am not going to let any 
number that I see or like thought that I see make me think a negative position on Colorado. Negative okay. as in like, I think another team is better than you. So even though I could argue, hey, their fifth is a little off, like that could be a weakness. No, they don't have a weakness. They're good. They're going to podium. They're part of that big four of New Mexico, Colorado, BYU, NC State. And uh, there's, I think it's just going to be fate that decides where they finish. I, they're not finishing any worse than fourth. And if you go into a national championship knowing a bad day is a podium, you're in, you're in, you're in good you're in good shape going into the going into NCAAs. So very impressed. Did you just say fate will decide? I'm trying to. What do you have know. a What do you have a job for? Your job is to analyze this stuff, not tell people fate will decide. Well, here's the thing. On the men's side, I started giving you my analysts an analysis, and I told you my three teams <laughs> I think are going to win, and then you went like, "What about Notre Dame?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I believe Notre Dame I is just, good. I just, you know, I just think it was funny. You just said, you know what? Fate's going to decide this thing. Nothing well, else. Well, you know, I was." You're saying you're saying it's close enough, right? That it's going to come. It's not them having the huge deficiencies or them being overpowering. It's close enough to where yeah. some small thing is going to have a huge impact. So what are we looking at? What are we looking at in terms of top four for the women? Then what do you mean? Well, you gave your four men's teams. Well, well, well I'll, do, I'll, let's, do you let's want to do wait? One more conference. We'll do one okay. more conference. This is the final conference. West Coast Conference. West, West Coast Conference, yep. Let's go into it. West Coast Conference, save the best for last. That's what they all say. Is it the best for last? I don't know. It's, eventually, this conference isn't going to be that good because BYU is leaving it. Um, but on the women's side, BYU did what they should do. They put four in the top five. They put five in the top eight. They put six in the top nine. Um, very good. Good spread too, right? So – between their top four, it was only 16 seconds. Through the top five, it was 30-some seconds. So there's a little concern there. But Whitney Orton looking good, taking the win. Remember, Orton didn't run at Nuttycomb. So yeah. that changes how they looked. Anna Camp looking good. kind of. Anna Camp's kind of – this is a breakout performance for her. Even though she was – she ran really well at NCAAs, her regular season, she hadn't had many good races. So this is like her first good regular season race. Like, I think her season opener, she was, like, finishing, like, 20th and was, like, 8th on her team or something like that. I could be making that up. But she didn't run well. So this is a good sign for Anna Camp being there in the top, being the number two runner for BYU. Um, yeah. The so only yeah, way much, yeah. the, the only way BYU went – like, BYU needs Whitney Orton to run like Whitney Orton and yes. they need Anna Camp to run like Anna Camp can run, which for both of them – it's national championship contenders. Camp has a title. Orton has been close before and has been in the mix and has been favored for these titles. The rest of their roster seems pretty solid in that spot, but they need, and so much of uh, our conversation on cross country just devolves into, well, do they have a five and can they find a five? Rarely though, do we put the, the onus on, on the one and two, but in this case, their one and two are so good. They and they haven't been that good this year for a variety of reasons. I mean, just not racing, or maybe they're racing into shape. It's the regular season cross country, it doesn't matter at all. But come national championship time to win, 
their path to victory, they need those two to be superstars. Yeah, it's a weird question. The question, it's weird. The, their question is their number one because we know what she's capable. We know what Orton's capable of. Um, yeah. And they were able to survive Orton not being their number one because the rest of the team ran so well in 2020. But yeah, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think if Orton runs as their number three runner, BYU's out. Like, no, no, they're not going to be in a Colorado or NC State or New Mexico. Uh, but if Orton and Camp are like, Putting two in the top seven, they're going to cancel out Camille and Tui, and then all of yeah. a sudden we have a we have a race, right? So, yeah, yeah. They also wore flats, which I don't know. I don't know if that that factors in to your rankings at all, too. But people noticed that Orton did yeah. across the finish line. I think their their entire team wore wore the uh, next percents vapor flies there. So. Men, do you want to do the men real quick? Yeah, let's do the men. We have to. We're gonna not do the men. We're gonna be like we're gonna ignore. Uh, how how many times? So Connor Mance is a junior, but he's now probably been like top three at West Coast Conference Championships four times as a junior, right? He's going for the five time mm-hmm. All American, five time All American. Yeah, Connor Mance. That we're gonna eventually see that. Anyway, no, Connor Mance takes the easy win. Kind of dominates over James Mawara. Klinger and Garnica, same story. We see the the Mance, Klinger, Garnica, one, two, three. Lucas mm-hmm. Bonds, freshman, the Miler. I mentioned him yep. in the first episode of the NCAA Cross Country Show. Now he's a member of their top five. Pretty good. Uh, same with Garrett Marsing, who's a steepler. He's now a member of their top seven. So I'd like to get a little credit for predicting Lucas Bonds and Gar- Garrett Marsing as being in the top seven for BYU. Mm-hmm. But yeah, BYU, it's good. But like, you look at the screenshot here. Let's bring up the screenshot that we have on the screen right now. Uh, cool. You only see four BYU logos there in that top 10. If BYU wants to win a national title, we need to see like six logos in that top 10 for me like this. <laughs> That's what you need. You need yeah. six BYU logos. Yeah. So – well. It's That's tough with these the conference thing. meets. Yeah. Because, I mean, not all conferences are the same. Some conferences true. have great, great depth. Some of them have at least one key rival. We talked before about Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State on the men's side. You can get a good gauge. It's tough in the West Coast Conference, unless it's one of those years when Portland is really strong. But it, it, it's hard to tell both on the women's and men's side. Okay, so let's do this. Gordon, let's let's do this as a segment. Travis will like this. What, what, one last um, thing. One last thing. One last thing before we do your segment. Not too late. Got too it? late. No, Portland. They may not make NCAAs because they needed to get a win over Gonzaga here. They didn't get it. So Portland is neither going to need to run out of their mind at the West Regional in order to qualify because they're not – they are a bubble 20, 30, 31, 32 team, which would be crazy because Portland, when you think of cross country, you think Portland, right? And you think Portland not making the meet, that's just wild. So. But I'm sure Rob Connor knows this, and I'm sure he's going to find a way to prove me wrong, and they'll make the meet. But keep an eye on Portland. Same thing with Michigan right. Michigan women and Portland men. Those are the two like powerhouses that we might not see at NCAAs. Sweating bullets. Okay, give me your podium. Your podium. Your post Gordon's post conference podium for both men and women. 
That's hard, man. I can't do. So I have to actually put an order out there. I gotta like create an order. No order. I want just a podium. Well, no, no. Give me oh, just so I can say men. four teams. Top four women. Yes. And I don't have to say an order. You don't. Okay, that's easy. For women, New Mexico, NC State, BYU, and Colorado. And for the men? The, the women's podium is the most like obvious podium that we've seen in a long time. Now, obviously, mm. one of them might falter. <laughs> New team can come in. But I've never been more confident in four teams as podium teams than I have on the, than this women's field. It's just so cut and dry. These are the four best teams. And then everyone else is hoping one of them falters. It couldn't be more, more cut and dry. On the men's side, different story. So I'll first give you my, my, my nominees for podium. Because I need to work my way through this. Because you're putting me on the spot. Mm-hmm. I'm not prepared. Okay, so I'm going to work my way through it. You have the, you have the, the Notre Dame and NAU. Then you have the Arkansas and Oklahoma State. Then you have Iowa State, BYU, Colorado, and Stanford. Those are my eight teams. And then you have the sexy picks of Tulsa and Wisconsin, but I'm not ready to do that. So let's start with those eight. NAU, Arkansas, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Stanford, BYU, Iowa State, and Colorado. Those are my eight. Gun to my head. I need to kill two of these teams off to get down to six. I am killing off Stanford, and I'm killing off BYU. I know it's wild. So now I'm down to six. I'm I'm working my way through this. So we have NAU, Arkansas, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Colorado. Gun to my head. I need to kill one of them. I'm killing Iowa State. So now I'm down to five teams. NAU, Arkansas, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and Colorado. Gun to my head. I need to remove one of them. And I think I'm going to remove Colorado. So that's my podium. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Arkansas, NAU. You pick the order. Mix and match. Have some fun. I feel really bad about killing Stanford, BYU, Iowa State, and Colorado. But someone had to mm-hmm. do it, and I did it. Mm-hmm. Squid game, there only can be one winner, right? That's how it works. BYU well, there you wasn't, go. Able to cut, wasn't able to cut out the umbrella the same way Arkansas and Notre Dame and Oklahoma <laughs> State. And so do you agree with me? Do you agree with those four or – do you agree with my four of OK State, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and NAU? I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to say, I don't agree with Arkansas. No, no, I agree with those four. I agree with really? both of Ooh. your groups of four. Yeah. Now, I don't feel like they're locks like you are. Like you went when you're basically making a guarantee on both sides. I think that's a little strong. But. Well, I'm not making a guarantee on the men's side. I'm making a guarantee on the women's side. No, I think you said these are going to be for sure the top four teams. That's what I heard. So Gordon's no, guarantees. No, no, I said, you got I, said it. For sh- I said for sure here. either NAU, Arkansas, or Oklahoma State are going to win. Lock them up, Gordon said. Lock that- them up, lock them down, those four. No, no, no. I'm and saying for that. sure NAU, Arkansas, and Oklahoma State are going to win. One of them is going to win. The other two could yeah. get fifth and sixth. I don't know. One yeah. of them is going to win. 
I think there's a big like like I could see Notre Dame winning, but but I'm with you. I could also see Notre Dame in fifth in this yeah. meet. The one I feel of that group, the one I feel the most confident of, hey, they're not going to drop out of the top three would be NAU, but that's just history speaking. Yeah. Or some say fate speaking. Yes. You know what? It's all just, it's all just, it's all just fate. What are we doing fate. here anyway? That's what it is. It's like sand through the hourglass, Gordon. It's all it is. Just a drop in the ocean. All right. We should stop. We've gone over an hour. Colt's got to go. We got to go. Travis has to go. Uh, Gordon will be back next week on the Flow Track main channel with his NCAA XC show. So you'll have more analysis there. You can also, uh, I put up another race breakdown there today. So you can go over to the Flow Track, main Flow Track YouTube channel later on or on the site. Uh, it's about Latenza Begadez, 5,000 meter world record. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. This has been the Flow Track podcast. Yeah. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to Travis. We'll see you on Monday. You should have kept the thing on, Gordon just loses its effect without the cookie.